Section twelve of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume four by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Griffin. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume four, translated by Richard Burton. Section twelve, two hundred and seventy third night to two hundred and seventy fifth night. When it was the two hundred and seventy-third night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Ibrahim continued, Now, when I heard of this price, I feared for my head, and knew not what to do. So I went forth of my house in disguise at midday, knowing not whither I should go. Presently I entered a broad street, which was no thoroughfare, and said in my mind, Verily, we are Allah's, and unto him we are returning. I have exposed my life to destruction. If I retrace my steps, I shall arouse suspicion. Then, being still in disguise, I espied at the upper end of the street a negro slave standing at his door. So I went up to him, and said to him, Hast thou a place where I may abide for an hour of the day? Yes, answered he, and opening the door admitted me into a decent house, furnished with carpets and mats and cushions of leather. Then he shut the door on me and went away, and I misdoubted me he had heard of the reward offered for me, and said to myself, He hath gone to inform against me. But as I sat pondering my case, and boiling like a cauldron over fire, behold, my host came back, accompanied by a porter loaded with bread and meat and new cooking-pots and gear, and a new jar and new gugglets and other needfuls. He made the porter set them down, and, dismissing him, said to me, I offer my life for thy ransom. I am a barber-surgeon, and I know it would disgust thee to eat with me, because of the way in which I get my livelihood. So do thou shift for thyself, and do what thou please with these things, whereon no hand hath fallen. Quoth Ibrahim, Now I was in sore need of food, so I cooked me a pot of meat, whose like I remember not ever to have eaten. And when I had satisfied my want, he said to me, O oh, my lord, Allah make me thy ransom. Art thou for wine? For indeed it gladdeneth the soul, and doeth away care. I have no dislike of it, replied I, being desirous of the barber's company. So he brought me new flagons of glass, which no hand had touched, and a jar of excellent wine, and said to me, Strain for thyself to thy liking. Whereupon I cleared the wine, and mixed me a most delectable draught. Then he brought me a new cup, and fruits, and flowers, and new vessels of earthenware, after which he said to me, Wilt thou give me leave to sit apart, and drink of my own wine by myself, of my joy in thee and for thee? Do so, answered I. So I drank, and he drank, till the wine began to take effect upon us. When the barber rose, and, going to a closet, took out a lute of polished wood, and said to me, O oh, my lord, it is not for the like of me to ask the like of thee to sing, but it behoveth thine exceeding generosity to render my respect its due. So, if thou see fit to honour thy slave, thine is the high decision. Quoth I, and indeed I thought not that he knew me, how knowest thou that I excel in song? He replied, Glory be to Allah, our lord is too well renowned for that. Thou art my lord Ibrahim, son of al-Mahdi, our caliph of yesterday, 
he on whose head al maamun hath set a price of an hundred thousand dinars to be paid to thy betrayer but thou art in safety with me quoth ibrahim when i heard him say this he was magnified in my eyes and his loyalty and noble nature were certified to me so i complied with his wish and took the lute and tuned it and sang then i bethought me of my severance from my children and my family and i began to say belike who yusuf to his kin restored and honoured him in jail a captive white may grant our prayer to reunite our lots for allah lord of worlds hath all of might when the barber heard this exceeding joy took possession of him and he was of great good cheer for it is said that when ibrahim's neighbors heard him only sing ho boy saddle the mule they were filled with delight then being overborne by mirth he said to me o oh, my lord wilt thou give me leave to say what is come to my mind albeit i am not of the folk of this craft i answered do so this is of thy great courtesy and kindness so he took the lute and sang these verses to our beloveds we moaned our length of night quoth they how short the nights that us benight tis for that sleep like hood enveils their eyes right soon but from our eyes is fair a flight when night falls dread and drear to those who love we mourn they joy to see departing light had they but dreed the weird the bitter dole we dree their beds like ours had bred them blight quoth ibrahim so i said to him by allah thou hast shown me a kindness o my friend and hast done away from me the pangs of sorrow let me hear more trifles of thy fashion so he sang these couplets when man keeps honour bright without a stain pear sits whatever robe to robe he's fain she jeered at me because so few we are quoth i there's ever dearth of noble men not irks us we are few while neighbour tribes count many neighbours oft are base-born strain we are a clan which holds not death reproach which amir and samu hold illest bane lead us our love of death to fated end they hate that ending and delay would gain we to our neighbour's speech i give the lie but when we speak none dare give lie again quoth ibrahim when i heard these lines i was filled with huge delight and marvelled with exceeding marvel then i slept and awoke not till past nightfall when i washed my face with a mind full of the high worth of this barber surgeon and his passing courtesy after which i wakened him and taking out a purse i had by me containing a number of gold pieces threw it to him saying i commend thee to allah for i am about to go forth from thee and pray thee to expend what is in this purse on thine requirements and thou shalt have an abounding reward of me when i am quit of my fear quoth ibrahim but he resumed the bag to me saying o oh, my lord paupers like myself are of no value in thine eyes but how with due respect to my own generosity can i take a price for the boon which fortune hath vouchsafed me of thy favour and thy visit to my poor abode nay if thou repeat thy words and throw the purse to me again i will slay myself so i put in my sleeve the purse whose weight was irksome to me 
and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the two hundred and seventy-fourth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Ibrahim, son of al-Mahdi, continued, So I put in my sleeve the purse whose weight was irksome to me, and turned to depart. But when I came to the house-door, he said, O oh, my lord, of a truth this is a safer hiding-place for thee than any other, and thy keep is no burden to me, so do thou abide with me, till Allah be pleased grant thee relief. Accordingly I turned back, saying, On condition that thou spend of the money in this purse. He made me think that he consented to this arrangement, and I abode with him some days in the utmost comfort. But, perceiving that he spent none of the contents of the purse, I revolted at the idea of abiding at his charge, and thought it shame to be a burthen on him. So I left the house, disguised in women's apparel, donning short yellow walking-boots and a veil. Now, as soon as I found myself in the street, I was seized with excessive fear, and going to pass the bridge, behold, I came to a place sprinkled with water, where a trooper, who had been in my service, looked at me, and, knowing me, cried out, saying, This is he whom Al-Ma'amun wanteth! Then he laid hold of me, but the love of sweet life lent me strength, and I gave him and his horse a push which threw them down in that slippery place, so that he became an example to those who will take example, and the folk hastened to him. Meanwhile I hurried my pace over the bridge and entered a main street, where I saw the door of a house open, and a woman standing upon the threshold. So I said to her, O oh, my lady, have pity on me, and save my life, for I am a man in fear. Quoth she, Enter, and welcome, and carried me into an upper dining-room, where she spread me a bed, and brought me food, saying, Calm thy fear, for not a soul shall know of thee. As she spoke, lo, there came a loud knocking at the door. So she went and opened, and suddenly my friend, whom I had thrown down on the bridge, appeared with his head bound up, the blood running down upon his clothes, and without his horse. She asked, O oh, so-and-so, what accident hath befallen thee? And he answered, I made prize of the young man whom the caliph seeketh, and he escaped from me. Whereon he told her the whole story. So she brought out tinder, and, putting it into a piece of rag, bandaged his head after which she spread him a bed, and he lay sick. Then she came up to me, and said, Methinks thou art the young man in question? Even so, answered I. And she said, Fear not, no harm shall befall thee, and redoubled in kindness to me. So I tarried with her three days, at the end of which time she said to me, I am in fear for thee, lest yonder man happen upon thee, and betray thee to what thou dreadest. So save thyself by flight. I besought her to let me stay till nightfall, and she said, There is no harm in that. So when the night came, I put on my woman's gear, and betook me to the house of a freedwoman, who had once been our slave. When she saw me, she wept and made a show of affliction, and praised Almighty Allah for my safety. Then she went forth, as if she would go to market, intent on hospitable thoughts, and I fancied all was right, but, ere long, suddenly I espied Ibrahim al-Mosili for the house, amongst his troopers and servants, and led by a woman on foot, 
and looking narrowly at her, behold, she was the freedwoman, the mistress of the house, wherein I had taken refuge. So she delivered me into their hands, and I saw death face to face. They carried me, in my woman's attire, to Al-Mamun, who called a general council, and had me brought before him. When I entered, I saluted him by the title of Caliph, saying, Peace be on thee, O commander of the faithful. And he replied, Allah give thee neither peace nor long life. I rejoined, According to thy good pleasure, O commander of the faithful, it is for the claimant of blood revenge to decree punishment or pardon. But mercy is nigher to piety, and Allah hath set thy pardon above all other pardon, even as he made my sin to excel all other sin. So, if thou punish, it is of thine equity, and if thou pardon, it is of thy bounty. And I repeated these couplets. My sin to thee is great, but greater thy degree. So take revenge, or else remit in clemency. And I indeed have not been generous, generous be. Quoth Ibrahim, at this Al-Mamun raised his head to me, and I hastened to add these two couplets. I've sinned enormous sin, but pardon in thee lies. If pardon thou, tis grace, justice and thou chastise. Then Al-Mamun bowed his head and repeated, I am, when friend would raise a rage that moat makes spittle choke me sticking in my throat, his partner, and pardon his offence, fearing lest I should live a friend without. Quoth Ibrahim, Now when I heard these words I scented mercy, knowing his disposition to clemency. Then he turned to his son Al-Abbas, and his brother Abu Ishaq, and all his chief officers there present, and said to them, What deem ye of his case? They all counselled him to do me dead, but they differed as to the manner of my death. Then said he to his wazir Ahmad bin al-Khalid, And what sayest thou, O Ahmad? He answered, O commander of the faithful, an thou slay him, we find the like of thee who hath slain the like of him. But an thou pardon him, we find not the like of thee that hath pardoned the like of him. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the two hundred and seventy-fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Al-Mamun, prince of the faithful, heard the words of Ahmad bin al-Khalid, he bowed his head and began repeating, my tribe have slain that brother mine, Umayn, yet would shoot back what shafts at them I aim. If I deal pardon, noble pardon tis, and if I shoot, my bones twill only maim. And he also recited, Be mild to brother, mingling what is wrong with what is right. Kindness to him continue, whether good or graceless white. Abstain from all reproaching, and he joy or vex thy sprite. Seest not that what thou lovest, and what hatest, go unite? That joys of longer life-tide ever fade with hair turned white? That thorns on branches growing, for the plucked fruit catch thy sight? Who never hath done evil, doing good for sole delight? When tried, 
the sons of worldliness, they mostly work upright. Quoth Ibrahim, Now when I heard these couplets, I withdrew my woman's veil from my head, and cried out with my loudest voice, Allah is most great! By Allah the commander of the faithful pardoneth me! Quoth he, No harm shall come to thee, O uncle. And I rejoined, O commander of the faithful, my sin is too sore for me to excuse it, and thy mercy is too much for me to speak thanks for it. And I chanted these couplets to a lively motive. Who made all graces all collected he in Adam's loins, our seventh imam? For thee, thou hast the hearts of men with reverence filled, in guarding all with heart humility, rebelled I never by delusion whelmed for object other than thy clemency. And thou hast pardoned me whose like was ne'er pardoned before, though no man pled my plea, hast pitied little ones like Kata's young, and mother's yearning heart a son to see. Quoth Mamun, I say, following our Lord Yosef, on whom and on our prophet be blessing and peace, let there be no reproach cast on you this day. Allah forgiveth you, for he is the most merciful of those who show mercy. Indeed I pardon thee, and restore to thee thy goods and lands. O uncle, and no harm shall befall thee. So I offered up devout prayers for him, and repeated these couplets. Thou hast restored my wealth sans greed, and erst thou didst, thou deignedst my blood to spare. Then, if I shed my blood and wealth to gain thy grace, till even shoon from foot I tear, twere but repaying what thou lentest me, and what unloaned no man to blame would care. Were I ungrateful for thy lavish boons, baser than thou'rt beneficent I were. Then Al-Mamun showed me honour and favour, and said to me, O uncle, Abu Ishak and Al-Abbas counselled me to put thee to death. So I answered, And they both counselled thee right, O commander of the faithful. But thou hast done after thine own nature, and hast put away what I feared with what I hoped. Rejoined Al-Mamun, O uncle, thou didst extinguish my rancour with the modesty of thine excuse and I have pardoned thee without making thee drink the bitterness of obligation to intercessors. Then he prostrated himself in prayer a long while, after which he raised his head, and said to me, O uncle, knowest thou why I prostrated myself? Answered I, Haply thou didst this in thanksgiving to Allah, for that he hath given thee the mastery over thine enemy. He replied, Such was not my design, but rather to thank Allah for having inspired me to pardon thee, and for having cleared my mind towards thee. Now tell me thy tale. So I told him all that had befallen me, with the barber, the trooper, and his wife, and with my freedwoman who had betrayed me. So he summoned the freedwoman, who was in her house, expecting the reward to be sent to her, and when she came before him he said to her, What moved thee to deal thus with thy lord? Quoth she, Lust of money. Asked the caliph, Hast thou a child or a husband? And she answered, No. Whereupon he bade them give her an hundred stripes with a whip, and imprisoned her for life. Then he sent for the trooper and his wife, and the barber-surgeon, 
and asked the soldier what had moved him to do thus. "'Lust of money,' quoth he. Whereupon quoth the caliph, "'It befitteth thee to be a barber-cupper,' and committed him to one whom he charged to place him in a barber-cupper's shop, where he might learn the craft. But he showed honour to the trooper's wife, and lodged her in his palace, saying, "'This is a woman of sound sense, and fit for matters of moment.' Then said he to the barber-cupper, Verily, thou hast shown worth and generosity which call for extraordinary honour. So he commanded the trooper's house, and all that was therein, to be given him, and bestowed on him a dress of honour, and in addition fifteen thousand dinars to be paid annually. And men tell the following tale concerning the city of many-columned Iram, and Abdullah son of Abi Kilabah. It is related that Abdullah bin Abi Kilabah went forth in quest of a she-camel which had strayed from him, and as he was wandering in the deserts of Al-Yaman and the district of Sabah, behold, he came upon a great city girt by a vast castle, around which were palaces and pavilions that rose high into middle air. He made for the place thinking to find their folk of whom he might ask concerning his she-camel. But when he reached it, he found it desolate, without a living soul in it. So, quoth he, I alighted, and, hobbling my dromedary, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 12 Recording by Griffin